Here's Papa is brought to you by Just Some Podcast Media. Dun, da, da, da. The views on this podcast are those solely of the host and do not represent the views or opinions of any other institution. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Echo. Hear clearly, care confidently. Learn more at echohealth.com. That's E K O health.com. And use code PAPA for 10% off the stethoscope of your choice. Welcome to Nurse Papa, a podcast from the heart and mind of a pediatric oncology nurse and father. In each episode, I take a deep dive into a story of parenthood, or I tackle a parenting question from one of my loyal listeners in a segment called Dear Nurse Papa. In either case, I hope to come out on the other side with a better understanding of what makes kids and their parents tick. In this letter to Nurse Papa, A California mom, overwhelmed by the sheer volume of plastic kid crap in her life, muses about a simpler time, when she did not feel compelled to buy so much goddamn stuff. How can she discover a thoughtful way to curb her online consumerism and teach her three-year-old daughter to do the same? Let's find out. But before you hear some very non-plastic advice from Nurse Papa, let's hear from our sponsor. When I listen to little hearts and lungs at work, I use my 3M Litman Core digital stethoscope powered with advanced echo core technology. With the press of a button, the sounds I hear can be enhanced 40 times from this to this. Learn more at echohealth.com. That's E-K-O health.com. And use code PAPA for 10% off the stethoscope of your choice. Dear Nurse Papa. Dear Nurse Papa, I've been musing about the time in my life before I was a full-time mom. Back then, I lived very simply. I worked hard, I enjoyed nature, I made art, and I valued friendships and good meals with those friends. Now, as a mom of a three-year-old girl, I feel overwhelmed by the copious consumerism that permeates our lives and the waste that accompanies it. It feels like my husband and I are living and often sinking in a giant pile of kid crap. My toddler has everything. It's just too easy to acquire new things, and the isolation from this pandemic has only worsened our kids' stuff collecting habits. Obviously, this isn't my daughter's fault. She's not logging into Amazon and making these daily ridiculous purchases. As a parent who values the minimalist life, I never expected to consume so much. My husband and I love the idea of our child finding joy and appreciation in little things, (laughs) but not a bazillion tiny little plastic things. I try and seek balance, but I'm not quite sure how I'm doing. Nurse Papa, is it possible to exist in these times with a child and somehow live simply? Yours truly, Mom Canceling Amazon. Dear Mom Canceling Amazon, Good luck with that. I'd love to hear how you manage to sever your Amazon umbilical cord and continue to function. Even though I rarely order from the giants, I fully relate to your anxiety over consumerism and the overwhelming feeling of being surrounded by just way too much stuff. Much like yourself, I once thrived on very little 
But life changed when my kids came along. Our possessions, much like our kids, multiplied, multiplied like, like, little little rabbits, rabbits. like little rabbits, and the overflow is not limited to our physical spaces. It has infiltrated our minds and our psyches as well. There are times when I feel so overwhelmed by the ubiquitous swarm of plastic toy parts strewn around my home that I just start vacuuming them all up, along with the dust bunnies and hell be damned with it all. Let's not put the full consumer onus upon Amazon though. Even though this one mega company has come to dominate Western consumer culture, and much of the world too, Amazon did not create consumerism. Mr. Smarty Pants Bezos simply took full advantage of our collective consumer weakness. Our buy more culture is facilitated by our free market system and by the cycle of supply and demand. If you want it, someone across the globe is sure as hell willing to design it, make it, sell it, and ship it to you in a few days for a discount price. Likewise, our consumption is a byproduct of production, and we as a culture have simply run with it, just as if the devil were breathing down our necks all the way to Costco. <laughs> Yet despite the huge amount of retail therapy that many of us engage in regularly to seek out happiness, the feeling never actually seems to last. Any satisfaction we do achieve is usually fleeting. And all we are usually left with are a bunch of empty boxes, a daunting credit card bill, and the incessant need for more, 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 and more, and more, more, more. For me at least, all this buying simply does not feel good. I viscerally cringe as my two kids pour over the Target and Amazon holiday catalogs, making precise and lengthy lists for their holiday presents. My son can't even read yet, but he will happily peruse toy discounts for hours. I don't want to walk over all their consumer dreams, but I also want to give them perspective about the consequences of it all. It's a delicate balance between allowing my kids to pine for what they desire and trying to teach them that any joy they divine from new toys will certainly be fleeting. So, Mama, suffice to say, I feel you deeply here, and I also see that you have two distinct yet very related questions for me. The first, it seems, is how do you curb your own desires to buy more? Because, as you said, it ain't your little girl who's logging onto Amazon and trying to meet the minimum purchase limit for the prime free shipping. I believe your second relevant question is about how you might best foster a healthy attitude around consumerism in your daughter as she gets older and learns how to use your phone. <laughs> I will start with the first question because I believe the tips you learned there will help to inform your interactions with your daughter in the future. Compulsive shopping is probably the most socially acceptable addiction in America these days, but it is clear to me that you don't suffer from this very real mental illness. Rather, it seems that you are simply trying to be more thoughtful and moderate around your existing buying habits. Because you are so very aware of the temptations of that yellow add to cart button, and also clear that you'd like to avoid it as much as possible, you are already halfway to your goal of shopping less. In order to change your established online shopping habits though, it will first be helpful for you to reorient your emotional and psychological attitude to shopping online. My first mental trick to doing this is what I like to call the nurse papa give a damn about the world approach to de-incentivizing any particular online purchase. I know, it's a mouthful. One surefire way to help limit your online consumption 
is to align the choice to buy or not to buy with an issue larger than yourself. This cool mental shortcut provides a concrete and meaningful motivator to perhaps not buy more. When I am tempted to buy something which I probably do not need, I remind myself that my potential purchase represents much more than just an item that I or my kid will use for a short while and then discard. Instead, that purchase encapsulates all the labor, packaging, shipping, and energy to produce that item, and that this quantifiable unit has real consequences for our tenuous environment. When viewed in this way, making the choice to not buy an item is a conscientious decision to conserve energy, limit pollution, and ultimately not contribute to our warming planet in more ways than I already am. It actually feels good, because by doing nothing, I'm actually doing something. Pick any issue that is important to you, Mama. Climate change, fair trade, child labor, globalization. Really anything bigger than yourself that can motivate you not to shop. Just give a damn, Mama, and you will very likely feel less compelled to buy damn more. My second trick for buying less, especially during the holiday season, is a little state of mind I like to call gratitude. A very wise Jesuit priest once said, It's not joy that makes us grateful, it's gratitude that makes us joyful. No truer statement has ever been uttered, at least on this podcast. Wow! And studies have shown that when people are truly satisfied with what they already have, they will likely have less desire for more. Some people may assume that gratitude is a natural state which one does not need to make an effort to conjure. But for most of us, that is actually not true. I work with kids with cancer on a daily basis, but I still need to remind myself to be grateful for everything that I have. In your case, though, I think you might have a head start in the gratitude department. It was clear from your letter how much you once cherished the simple pleasures in life, and that you would like to revisit that freeing mental space once again. Tap into that experience, because gratitude is in your DNA, Mama. All you need to do is give your heart and mind a reminder. There are many ways to increase your gratitude and, in turn, lessen your need for more objects in your life. Making a daily list of things and people you are grateful for and committing to a short daily meditation upon the joys in your life are two popular methods. But my favorite way to achieve gratitude is actually by giving to others. Hmm? I know, it seems counterintuitive to give more to want less, but it actually works. From my first-hand experience giving to my little patients in the hospital, I can attest to the joy I receive back with each kind gesture. Mm. But don't take my word for it. Multiple scientific studies have shown that when participants gave to others, they reported more happiness and more satisfaction than when they spent the money on themselves. Some people call it the helper's high. But whatever you call it, give it a try, Mama. Send some money to a favorite charity. Hand out a few bucks to a homeless person on the street. I can even send you my address if you'd like to send Nurse Papa a little gift. But whoever you give to, Mama, I bet that when you are done, your urge to buy useless items on Amazon will diminish. Make it your practice to give more and buy less. The last trick of mental magic I will suggest asks that you as a consumer truly look inward before and after you make a possibly ill-advised Amazon purchase. Before you click that buy button, 
Be curious about your motivations to do so. Were you feeling anxious, sad, envious, or even afraid? If so, was your urge to buy more brought on by any of these emotions in hopes that you could change how you felt? Likewise, after you did the deed and your third Barbie dream house was on its way to your doorstep, Woo! did you feel good? If so, did that good feeling last? In the moments when you decide not to buy, where does that choice take you emotionally? By becoming more aware of your buying urges and the feelings behind them, you will become a better manager of your own actions. Grab a journal. Write down those thoughts and feelings. Keep yourself accountable for what you buy and why. Ultimately, short of cutting up your credit card or tossing your iPhone into the ocean, you will always be able to make use of the convenience of Amazon to fill your house with unnecessary objects. You are the only gatekeeper here, Mama. By getting to know yourself better, you will be much better prepared to make an informed and loving buying decision for yourself and your family. Okay, so now that you've learned to effectively manage your own buying habits, how do you teach your little girl to do the same? It is natural for kids to want what they want when they want it. I want it! Trust me, it only gets worse as they get older, mama. The more screen time they get, the more ads will infiltrate their porous psyches. And the more social interactions they have, the more they will want that same goddamn LOL doll that their friend Sally at school has. Fear not, though. Nurse Papa has a few more tricks up his nurse sleeves to help you on your way. First, rather than attempt to tell your daughter about all the virtues of buying less, involve her in the process of bringing some minimalism to your household by making her a part of the decluttering process. Suggest that she should choose a coveted old toy to be given to somebody else. Allow her to see how her contribution to purging your space makes you feel better and also makes some other child quite happy. It may take a while, but she will eventually get that it's not all about getting and having more. Second, show her that, in most cases, experiences outshine possessions. When she is able to give away a few items that have been collecting dust on your living room floor, reward her with a fun activity for her efforts. When the holidays roll around, Try to de-emphasize the focus on presence and emphasize the experience of being with family. Perhaps you can create a fun and rewarding tradition that does not hinge upon getting an expensive present. Choose a gift that keeps giving year-round like a membership to the zoo or aquarium. If you encourage her to use her creativity by making presents for her friends and loved ones, you will teach her that it's not what we receive that matters but rather the intention and love that came with a gift that does. Of course, this does not mean that your daughter will never get a present again or that she will not want everything that her friend Sally has. Of course she will. Presents are great and we all love them at least occasionally. But if you live by the example you are trying to teach, I believe your daughter will pick up on your minimalist cues. Like all things in parenthood, this will be a balancing act that you will surely fail at at times. But keep at it, Mama. You'll be great. And if you need more parenting advice, you can buy my book, Nurse Papa. It's available on Amazon. <laughs> Love you a bunch. Nurse Papa. Dear Nurse Papa fans, please join the many thoughtful parents around the country who have written to Nurse Papa with their questions about the trials and tribulations of modern parenting. 
Send your letters to david at nursepapathebook.com and write Dear Nurse Papa in the subject line. I'm excited to read your letters. Remember, Nurse Papa is also a book. Within it, you'll find stories that might just change how you look at life and, indeed, parenting. Nurse Papa has been my labor of love, but it offers much more than my own perspective. You'll learn from the voices of seasoned nurses, some of my young patients, and these patients' parents, each adding their own personal perspective about love, life, death, and learning. Nurse Papa is now available for purchase on Amazon and other bookseller sites. Please consider picking up a copy and, when you're done, leaving a public review on Amazon, Goodreads, or anywhere else where people go to find meaningful books. Thank you so much for your support, and stay tuned for the next episode of the Nurse Papa Podcast. Thank you.